0: Food, water, shelter, and nesting are all vital to attracting birds to your backyard. Multiple food sources are also helpful. Shop a wide variety of feeders, waterers, and bird food at Blaine's Farm and Fleet to keep your feathered friends happy and healthy all year long.
1: Let's get an update on a unique industry in Wisconsin, mink fur production. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report Here in the U.S., we don't normally think of America's dairy land as the number one fur producer in the nation— But in other parts of the world, such as in Russia or northern China, that is what we're known for. I talked to Valerie Zimbel. She's the fourth generation on her family's mink farm. She handles marketing and sales for Zimbel Mink in Sheboygan Falls. They raised about 150,000 mink in the past year across their three facilities. She tells me how the past two years of the pandemic have been for the family business.
0: You know, we sell most of our mink internationally and which you know exporting is still is okay for us still getting them there but it's really you know the sales of fur garments has gone down just because you know people aren't dressing up and going to dinners and going to galas and going out and about and you know going to you know doing things with their friends so people aren't you know saying oh i need to get my new coat for fundraiser you know certain things people aren't really doing those things as much people aren't really buying as many things.
1: Mink are one of those animals that are susceptible to COVID and I want you to just kind of describe that experience for us as kind of a unique situation for the mink industry. I mean what did mitigation look like? Did you have to depopulate your population because of the spread of disease? As far as COVID
0: um, and our production You know, what happened in Denmark, yes, mink can get COVID, just like a lot of animals can get COVID. We, during the beginning times of COVID, we already have a very high, um, the mink industry has a very high uh, biosecurity on the farms. Like, that's just kind of standard protocol. And for us, we have actually a shower in, shower out policy policy for all employees, you know, just so that they don't bring anything. And this is before COVID actually, Um, you know, we don't allow if somebody comes to tour the farm, they need to shower in and shower out and use the, you know, our dedicated things that stay on the farm. Now, unfortunately it's harder, you know, we grew up running around the farm as kids going after school. So it's a little bit different, but you know, it really cuts down with disease and, you know, we have a fence that other animals can't get in, um, you know, like rodent animals can't get inside. But as far as when COVID hit and, we, you know, with what we started seeing in, in Denmark, you know, we right away, our veterinarians were giving us advice and we were following the CDC guidelines of, you know, everybody masks up. And, and on a farm, you really do social distance from each other because you're outside and you're not really inside working with each other, you know, but we were concerned about our employees getting it as well. So we just required masks. We did temperature checks and we're still doing that. And all of our employees actually got vaccinated. We got vaccinated. We were like in the tier B, like right after the healthcare, like we were with like the teachers and, which was awesome. You know, we got that opportunity to get vaccinated early. And, and so that's really what we've done is following those rules. And those are the things that our veterinarians were advising. And they actually got vaccinated three times for it, um, which the mink got vaccinated, you know, which was at the cost of the farmers. So, you know, we are taking it very seriously. We don't want something that happened in Denmark happen to us. It's, you know, Denmark kind of was a, they kind of panicked and had to, you know, get rid of so many mink. And, it, you know, it was such a shame that that, that happened. Um, so we actually hadn't really affected us because we haven't had an outbreak. So for us, we haven't really had much production issues because of it. The only just the production as far as there isn't a lot of buying right now overseas and in here because people aren't really purchasing. People aren't going places. I'm sure, you know the loungewear companies those are really booming
1: (laughs) maybe there's a market for uh i don't know mink mink fur leggings for who knows
0: once things you know get under control and as more people get vaccinated it'll you know hopefully it'll it'll get back to normal and i think all businesses really want that to happen you know
1: just to set the stage again, you know the the mink industry is important to Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a number one producer in the nation, and most of that, as you said, goes to exports. Does the industry, does the mink industry as a whole, do you guys do anything to try to increase demand here in the U.S.?
0: Well, you know, it's really getting our message out there that farming really is a sustainable business. Mink consume food by byproducts, not for human consumption. We feed those to the mink and keep those out of the landfill. Not only that, but after they're harvested, the mink remains are used for organic compost, premium pet foods, oils are rendered for leather conditioners and cosmetic products, and the manure is actually an extremely effective crop fertilizer. And in some states, the carcasses are used for fishing bait. Not just that is fur, natural fur, is 100% biodegradable, and they last for many, many years. You know, I have a mink coat from when I was 16. You know, uh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> so, I mean, and it's I can still wear it. I don't know anything that I have that has can last that long. You know, consumers are buying, the, you know, the synthetic furs that only last a couple years. And then when they toss it, it goes into a landfill, and it'll sit there for over 100 of years, you know, they're oil-based chemical fur, really. We're trying to get that message out. It's okay to wear fur. It's okay. And we collaborate with, you know, other natural product, product industries to try to, you know, everybody's kind of in, um, in scrutiny, I guess is the right word, for animal products. But it's natural. Every farm that is marketed is certified by a third party. It's called the Fur Commission Humane Care Certification. It's all about you get audited by the Fur Commission and make sure that it's for everything, cage size, the health of the mink. You know, just making sure that all farmers are following the same guidelines. And we're just trying to get that message out. And it's hard because these anti-fur people have big money. You know, people donate millions of dollars to these people And then, fortunately, their messages get out a little bit easier. You hear one negative thing, and that's all you remember.
1: Animal activism, that's been a a big uh, topic of conversation among uh, production agriculture, you know, and trying to get that message out, combat the negative and and often false messages. Have you had any kind of a a direct experience with animal activism, or is it just mostly um, trying to put your message out there? I mean...
0: Yeah, years ago, you know, we were under, they released some of our mink and we were able to get them all back. You know, we have a security system on our, on all of our farms now that we're pretty protected. And, you know, it's really getting our message. You know, the false claims that people are making, you know, I'll throw right out there, you know, do you skin the mink alive? Mink are carnivores, so they have very sharp teeth. They can be feisty, I don't know how on earth somebody would skin a mink alive. I don't know how that would even be possible without being attacked the entire time. And second of all, how could you even, who could you pay to do that? (laughs) You know, like I said before, farmers, and I think this is for all farmers, farmers, in my opinion, have the most love for animals. They're the people who love animals the most. Because they're with them every day. They take care of them. That's how we make our money. So why would we try to hurt? It's like when people say that about cow cow farmers. It's like, why would they want their cows to be stressed? Then they would produce less milk and they would get less money. So they want to make the animals the most comfortable and in a stress-free environment a hard thing and you know also these fur bans that are happening throughout the country you know it's some of these politicians that have agendas on banning fur and i actually was in california lobbying against it and i thought to myself you know we just spent a whole day lobbying against if they can sell fur in california and which is crazy and you know there's so many homeless people on the streets. shouldn't we be worrying about them first before we worrying about if we can sell fur, you know, things like that. It just doesn't make sense to me sometimes.
1: Thanks for I mean, sharing that, kinda of putting it into perspective, especially for people outside of production agriculture. Value, back to your message of sustainability, I'm always blown away to to hear just how efficient raising mink is from the recycling to the composting, uh, you know, to the reusing to create such an awesome product. And I want to talk about the product itself now. The fur is, I mean, it's incredible. The fine hairs, the different types of colors, how warm it actually keeps you. I wonder if you could just talk to to us a little bit about the quality of mink fur. Well,
0: mink is one of the most popular fur products on market. And that's because it's lightweight it's really warm it lasts a really long time and it's really versatile there's a lot of different things you can do with the fur so mink have like a it's like a guard hair and then they have an underwool and there's all different colors and it's really raising them so they're all even you know that the guard hair is all is not too long it's short dense and it keeps you so warm and that's why so much of our production goes To places like Russia and northern China, the colder places on the earth, really is, you know, and Wisconsin, we know can get brutally cold. So that's why I think everybody should have a fur, just because they need to stay warm. I love it. And it's so durable and it lasts for generations. It's very versatile. You know, it's not like it's, you know, just for fancy occasions. You can wear it all the time because it's super durable. You can repair it and you pass it down to a different generation and they don't like the style or say that style, you've outgrown the style, you can re-style that fur piece and get a whole new garment from it. You know, yes, it's more expensive, but think about how many jackets, if you have to buy a new jacket every season and every season and then you're throwing them away because they get wrecked and ripped and, you know, where if you got a fur coat, you'd probably spend a little bit more, but it pays back itself. In the years
1: of its use, Val, I know you said um, you know demand is stagnant, maybe a little lower because people are inside right now. We haven't quite picked up to where we used to be yet, post pandemic. Um, You know, we're still in a pandemic. But is the industry? I mean, are you guys looking for more mink farmers? Are you? Do you encourage people to get involved? Is that even possible anymore? With you know, the cost of land or, or input.
0: Absolutely. we. I mean, we always encourage more agriculture. You know, I think it's it's good for the environment. It's good for people. And as long as they follow the guidelines of the Fur Commission and get certified and follow the practices of, you know, the humane treatment of the animals, that we're always open for more, more farmers for
1: sure. That's Valerie Zimbel along with us. She's the fourth generation of Zimbel mink in Sheboygan Falls, sharing the unique story of the mink industry here in Wisconsin. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. Do you love maple syrup? Ever thought of making your own? Blaine's Farm and Fleet makes it easy with just a few key items. Stop
0: in today for some friendly advice and all the supplies you need to tap and gather your sap.